Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Alexander Peterson. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I will start by giving you an overview of what has happened in the markets. The big news yesterday was Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell giving his clearest signal yet that the Fed is willing to tolerate a recession as a necessary trade-off for regaining control of inflation. Policymakers are moving aggressively to catch up. They raised interest rates by 75 basis points for the third time in a row, leaving the federal funds rates between 3 and 3.25%, and forecasts a further 1.25 percentage points of tightening before year-end. Markets did not react positively, with the S&P 500 index declining by 1.7%. All sectors fell in the day. Relative outperformers were consumer staples, industrials, and utilities. The Nasdaq 100 also shed by 1.8%. The two-year Treasury yields rose above 4.1% to trade around the highest since 2007 as investors positioned for further rate hikes in the US. The 10-year yield erased some of Wednesday's fall while still reflecting market worries of recession, trading just above 3.5%. Briefly turning to commodities. West Texas intermediate crude traded flat at around $83 a barrel. Gold is trading down 0.8% at around $1,660. And the price of copper has fallen by nearly a third since March. Investors are selling on fears that global recession will stunt demand for metals. In currencies, the euro-US dollar was around the lowest in 20 years, trading at 0.98, so firmly below parity. Commodity-linked currencies, as well as the yen, the pound, and the offshore one, were under pressure. And in the digital asset world, Bitcoin is trading just over $18,600 this Thursday morning. With that said, what can we expect for the day ahead? In Asia, shares are falling in China, Japan, and South Korea. U.S. and European future are vastly lower. The Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank are set to reveal their latest interest rate decisions. Other data include France's business confidence and Norway's unemployment rate. That's it for me. I'll now hand over to Carsten Menke, our head of next generation research with a gold update. Thank you very much, Alex, and good morning. Well, you've mentioned it. It was quite an eventful day in the market yesterday. And actually, everything started with the news of the mobilization of Russian troops hitting the headlines, which, however, did not move markets much. So gold gained as much as 1% early in the morning. And then very much went on to a roller coaster in the evening as the US Federal Reserve increased interest rates by another 75 basis points, as you pointed out. While the Federal Reserve's determination to fight inflation with more interest rate increases pushes prices lower initially, its willingness to let the economy slip into recession subsequently led to a rally in gold, which meanwhile reversed. So, as of this morning, gold trades around $660 per ounce, which is well below yesterday evening's highs. So, what are the main observations from this Russia interest rate roller coaster we've seen yesterday? Well, first, the war in Ukraine is not in the focus of the gold market anymore. An escalation should only lastingly lift prices if there is a meaningful negative impact on the global economy and or financial markets. We believe this is unlikely, and this mirrors one of our key messages from earlier this year. 
Second, the inflation issue and thus US monetary policy, the US dollar and US bond yields remain firmly in the driving seat of the gold market. As long as the Federal Reserve is able to fight inflation without pushing the US economy into recession, the environment for gold should remain challenging. This is our base case as reflected in our lowered three and 12 months price targets of US dollar 650 and 1600 pounds. Our bear case assumes more market mood and dollar driven selling, which would push gold below fundamentally justified levels, potentially opening up a buying opportunity. Our bull case reflects our US recession, as this would likely lead to the US Federal Reserve changing course, which would weigh on the US dollar and US bond yields while luring safe haven seekers back into the gold market. That said, we still see a rather low likelihood of a US recession in the next 12 months, even though we admit that recession risks have risen more recently. That's all on gold. Back to you, Alex. Thank you very much, Carlson. Next up, we have Nicholas Jordan from the CIO office with an IC update. Over to you, Nicholas. Thank you, Alex, and good morning, everyone. Central banks and their respective decisions were once again a key topic in this week's IC meeting. Two central banks that are top of mind this week, or more precisely even today, are the Swiss National Bank and the Bank of Japan. What they have in common is that inflation in their respective countries is running at 3% or above, which is low compared to their peers, but high relative to their own history. The SMB already raised its target rate in June and openly declared that it will use its vast currency reserves to fight any weakening of the Swiss franc going forward. We assume that the SMB wants a strong but not galloping currency and that it will therefore deliver a modest rate hike only. The BOJ is the only major central bank that has kept its rates stable so far, accepting a notable weakening of its currency. While there are no particular reasons to assume a pivot, even a small adjustment of the BOJ policy could send material shockwaves through the bond markets, given the importance of Japanese bond investors in international markets. A change of the BOJ stance is thus an event with a low likelihood but massive impact. Against this backdrop, we feel comfortable with our short duration strategy and will reassess the situation once the central bank crescendo is past us. Turning to the US, we see a reasonable chance that we have witnessed the peak in negative inflation surprises. To recap, US inflation came in higher than expected for August, with rent components being among the main positive, or in that case negative surprises. However, housing inflation, historically a leading indicator for shelter inflation, as well as real-time rents, have already cooled down substantially. This means that with the US housing markets continuing to face a downturn, we might ultimately see shelter inflation, which accounts for roughly a third of the US consumer price index basket, rolling over sooner rather than later. That is part of what the Fed needs to see before it can curb its tightening cycle. In the end, it all comes down to the inflation level the Fed will feel comfortable with to declare victory. Against the backdrop of declining commodity prices and shelter inflation, we see a chance for the inflation debate to become more balanced again towards year-end. Last item on the agenda was FedEx, as it pre-announced its quarterly results and issued a profit warning, citing rapidly weakening demand both in the US and globally. 
Following the significant earnings miss, shares plunged and FedEx lost more than 20% of its market capitalization, dragging down the broader market. So why is that important? FedEx is often considered as an indicator of the state of the global economy. Interestingly, while competitors also lost ground after the announcement, they have done so to a lesser extent, signaling that the poor numbers are likely not entirely due to deteriorating economic conditions. Of course, references to a weaker economic backdrop are not pulled out of thin air. Still, it pays to take a closer look as macroeconomic conditions are an easy scapegoat to cover up operational troubles. We remain tactically underweight in equities and tilt our exposure towards companies with the ability to preserve their margins and free cash flow production. That's all from my side. Back to you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nicholas. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.